Welcome to this week's edition of the Carolina Kayak Lunker Hunters podcast sponsored by Carolina Waters and Carolina Paddlesport Outfitters. The podcast that covers the tournament trails in North Carolina and beyond. I found myself getting unreasonably mad at the television set on Sunday night. Also, how old am I to be saying television set? I sound like I'm 80 years old when I'm 20, 24. I don't know why that just came out of my mouth that way. Anyway, I found myself getting unreasonably mad Sunday night watching the Super Bowl because Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, I almost called them the Patriots, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers beat Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And all of this was infuriating for a number of different reasons. One reason was the amount of penalties that the Chiefs got in the first half from the offsides, from the unsportsmanlike conduct, from the pass interference in the end zone that may or may not have been a pass interference. That unsportsmanlike conduct on Tyron Matthew after one of the touchdowns was totally ridiculous, mostly because Tom Brady just went after Tyron Matthew. That penalty should have been on Tom Brady 100%, or it should have been offsetting penalties for sure. That was infuriating. The Chiefs just dropped passes all over the place. Patrick Mahomes played great. Tyreek Hill, who is normally a sure-handed receiver, has one bounce off his face mask. Another Chiefs receiver had one bounce it off his face mask. There was a drop in the end zone. Another drop by Travis Kelsey that would have been a first down, a critical first down at that point in time. And when they get the goal line stop, when it's 7-3, to three, I thought that was when the Chiefs were really going to turn it on and, you know, leave the Buccaneers in the dust. Instead, the Buccaneers run away with it in one of the more improbable Super Bowl decisions of all time. Like, I did not, one way or the other, I did not expect that game to be a blowout. I thought it was going to be super close, and I thought it was going to be the Chiefs winning it. I certainly didn't think the Bucks were going to blow out the Chiefs, especially with how the Chiefs played all year long. And the Buccaneers, you know, the Buccaneers defense does need to gain some credit, most of the credit, actually, for the, the, the win, because they chased... They chased Patrick Mahomes around all night. There was no pocket for him to step up into. They made him run around, even though Mahomes made a ton of amazing plays that should have been gains. They they made him uncomfortable, and they batted down some passes. And the Buccaneers' defense needs a lot of the credit for the Super Bowl win last night. And Tom Brady needs a little less credit for them winning. Because really, he threw for 200 yards, that wasn't, I mean, by today's quarterback standards, that's not amazing. But he did only throw seven incomplete passes. He was he was an efficient quarterback last night, but he certainly wasn't the reason they won. He was just he was just a, a part of it. He was not the entire reason. And everyone on social media and Sports Center and everyone's talking about how he's won his seventh Super Bowl when there are a lot of other people who need credit before him for this one. Really, all of this is just me lashing out because I'm a sad Cincinnati Bengals fan. And 
one Super Bowl win seems so far away, much less the seven Super Bowls that Tom Brady won. That was all Super Sports Radio right there. Next week I can give out my phone number and we can discuss who the greatest quarterback of all time is. Is it Tom Brady? Is it Patrick Mahomes? Is it Aaron Rodgers? Is it somebody else? I'll give him my phone number next week and everybody can call in and let me know what they think. Anyway, moving on to what this podcast is actually about, which is fishing. Jody Queen wins the KBF 10 with 166 inches, while North Carolina angler Corey Dreyer finished fourth with 153.5 inches. The weather got really nasty for that event. They had to postpone day one because of high winds. There was a video on Facebook of a bass boat driving across, I believe it was Lake Toho on the Kissimmee chain on the day, on what would have been the first day of the 10. And they speared like four or five waves driving across the lake. So you can't have kayaks out in that. And after that front, that front blew through, the fishing got pretty tough as the links indicated, but it was an elite group of guys fishing that tournament, and they still found a way to catch some catch some good-sized fish. Even though the links were down just a little bit, they found a way to catch some really good fish. So the next KBF Trail Series events will be at Lake Murray, February 27th and February 28th. So North Carolina guys, that is the, the closest Trail Series event to, to you other than the Potomac River, which is May 1st and 2nd. So if you're interested in fishing KBF, this is a good one to jump in on for sure. Staying in the state of Florida, Brian Howe from Texas smashes the field at Lake Seminole for the first Hobie BOS event. He catches 205 and a half inches of largemouth to take home the victory and over a $9,000 payout. Second place was Joey Vanyo with 201 and a half inches. And third place, for reference, as compared to these two guys, was 184 and a half inches. So those two found something really special on, on Lake Seminole. Brian caught over 100 inches both days. Um, Joey caught 98 the first and 103 the second day. Just truly special performances from those guys. And they their their fish did not drop off on day two like a lot of the field. A lot of the field had a really good first day and a not as good second day. So those two found found definitely found something special and something that was consistent throughout the whole tournament, no doubt. The highest finishing North Carolina guy was Saturday Mel. He finished twenty second with one hundred forty eight and a quarter inches. Tracy Stanford finishes 29th, and Matt Hodge finishes 30th. So a good showing from a couple of North Carolina anglers there. The next Hobie event is at Watts Bar in Tennessee, February 20th and 21st. That's another good one for us North Carolina anglers to target, because after that, Hobie goes to Oklahoma, and then they go to Darnell in Arkansas. So as far as proximity goes, Watts Bar is the closest Hobie tournament for the foreseeable future. So if you're interested in going to that, make sure you register early because again, there is a 200 boat cap and 175 anglers fished Lake Seminole. I would imagine there's going to be about as many, if not more at Watts bar. So 
make sure you uh, make sure you get your spot in that tournament if you are interested. Moving closer to home now, the second Queen City Kayak Bass Fishing Tournament of the season is here. It's on February 13th at Lake Norman, and for the second time this season, the weather is looking very questionable. There is a forecasted high of 42 with rain and freezing rain in the forecast by the Weather Channel. So if you are fishing that event or are interested in fishing that event, Make sure you're following the Queen City Facebook page for updates on if that tournament will go on or not. I'm sure Commish Vinny Ferrari doesn't want to postpone another event, but depending on how bad the freezing rain is, it may that's what it may come down to. So make sure you keep an eye on, on the Facebook page for updates about that because this podcast will be released before that decision is made more than likely. If that tournament does go on though, I'm interested to see how many fish are caught during that event. I think it's going to be a lot better than the Lake James event as far as total number of fish caught. Lake Norman historically isn't a big a big bass factory, but it has a ton of fish in it. So I'll be interested to see the ratio of spotted bass to largemouth bass for sure, as well as just the general, the general links that end up coming out of that tournament and see, seeing what it takes to win. Hopefully next week we will have the winner from that event on to discuss how they are able to catch their fish and uh, a, little bit of, uh, a little bit of insight into what they're able to do. So stay tuned for that next week, hopefully. On the professional side of things, the Bassmaster Elite Series starts on Thursday there at the St. John's River. And the week after that, the... Major League Fishing Big Five Pro Circuit kicks off their season at Lake Okeechobee. So things are starting to things are starting to get going here in the bass fishing world. There is professional fishing to watch as well as tournaments to participate in. So exciting times here in 2021 as things are starting to things are starting to ratchet up here. Before we get to our guest today, I have to thank Carolina Waters for their support of the podcast. Carolina Waters is a performance and outdoor lifestyle brand that celebrates the aquatic resources in North Carolina, from the mountains to the coast and all points in between. Check out their selection of lightweight performance shirts with sun protection, soft style logo tees including the new Redfish series of shirts, comfy multi-season hoodies, and a variety of headwear. Whether you are on the water or just hanging around town, Carolina Waters has you covered. And my listeners can use the code KAYAK at checkout for a special offer. Check them out at carolinawatersnc.com, on Instagram at carolinawatersnc, and on Facebook at carolinawatersnc. Just got my second order of stuff in, and I love all of it. I'm wearing my Carolina Waters hat right now as I speak. Also got their hoodie on. It's all very comfortable, so make sure you go check them out. I'd also like to thank Carolina Power Sport Outfitters for supporting the podcast. CPSO specializes in putting you in the kayak that fits your needs at the best price around. CPSO are a dealer for native, like the kayak that I'm about to get in less than a week. I'm so excited to finally get it. They also are a dealer for Feel Free, Three Waters, Johnny Boat, Sea Stream, and Cuckoo Watercraft. Visit their website at www.carolinapso.com. And their main location at Ace Hardware in Arcadia, located 10 miles south of Winston-Salem. 
Our guest this week was the KBF Mid-Atlantic Angler of the Year in 2020 and is now the tournament director for Carolina Kayak Anglers, Eric Nelson. Eric, thanks for joining me today. And uh, we, start with, we start with this. How was your experience in Florida for the Timvitational and the Trail Series? Uh, that was fun, man. I had a good time. I got to stay with a couple of um, guys that are in the tent, uh, Anthony Winkleman and Jeremy Mitchell. Uh, and I was able to fish with uh, Corey and Jody for a little bit too. So I got, you know, I got to hang out with a lot of the guys from the, from the, uh, from the tent house, which was, it was good. You learn a lot. You, uh, you know, get into these big events, you get to, you know, meet some good anglers and you can, you can up your game quite a bit if you pay attention. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, making it to the 10 house would have been a, would have been a good thing for you too that weekend. Uh, we talked a little bit just, to, just a second ago off air about your, uh, your tournament go let's, let's talk about a little bit about how, uh, how your day one went and how you're able to recover on, on the, on day two, a little bit. Uh, day one, I hit a spot, um, on Toho. That was the, I found on Thursday that was loaded with beds and the, there was plenty of fish there. there. I didn't find any big ones, but I was hoping maybe some would move in. Um, when I got there in the morning, I didn't really pay attention to the beds. I just went around fishing, think, waiting for the sun to get up and the, the water to heat up a little bit. Um, and when I got over to where the beds were, I found that they were completely vacant. The bass were done. So um, the entire area I was fishing was just completely nothing going on. So I ended up skunking on the first day, which was <clears throat> miserable. But uh, come day two, I ended up going down to where um, some of the other guys were fishing and, and uh, I ended up doing really good. I had, uh, I think I was 20th out of 135 or something. Um, it was a lot of fun. I was catching fish all day, which was complete opposite of day one. So, so it was good. It was good. I had a good time. A good, re a good recovery for sure. And yeah, you know, yeah. I was in like the top five most of the day. I just couldn't upgrade late where some other guys did. So we ended up getting bumped down quite a bit. Right. Your day one experience is sort of the thing about kayak fishing that makes it a lot different from, uh, from being in a bass boat. You know, I've, when I was in, in college, you, if that situation happened, you could pick up and take off to another part of the lake, but in kayak fishing, you kind of, you kind of get stuck doing, uh, kind of get stuck if that happens to you during the tournament. Yeah, exactly. I didn't, I mean, I had an opportunity to get up and go somewhere, but I was looking at it going, ah, by the time I get out and then back up and then unpack and get up back out, I was like, ah, Mm -hmm. So I ended up just sticking with it, hoping I could run into some, because I did catch some good fish in the grass there on a few days before too. So I had that stuck in my head that maybe I could pull a few off, but yeah, it just didn't happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, plenty of more tournaments along the way to try to, to try to improve on that. Um, what are, what are your kind of plans for the 2021 season? As far as an angler, are you planning on fishing all KBF this year? Um, I think it's going to be mostly KBF. I didn't really see anything else that was coming to the area that was uh, really exciting for me. I didn't, so it, pretty sure I'm going to probably fish Murray for KBF and I'll probably go to the Potomac. Um, I, didn't, I didn't really see anything else that I was really excited about. I, didn't, I don't think anyone's going to Chickamauga, which I really like to go back there. Uh, no one's going to Santee, which bummed me out. Um, yeah, same. I was bummed that no one was going to going to Santee this year. 
Yeah, some of the, you know, if I'm going to travel, I kind of want to go somewhere where I want to fish. I mean, I like chasing the points too, but um, yeah, I don't want to drive eight hours to fish some lake I, I'm not really interested in. So Right, right. No, I know, I know Queen City was going to Santee, but as far as the, as far as the national trails, I was really hoping one of them would, one of them would take the opportunity to go to, go to Santee, Hobie or, or KBF again. I know KBF has a, has a pretty good history on Santee. Right, right. I had actually talked to, I believe all three of the people involved, not so much Bass because that was a little, a little wonky at the end of the year, but, um, I did talk to um, AJ and I talked to the you know, people over at KBF trying to get some info, see if they were going to do something. And, you know, I was kind of surprised because it's a good turnout. There's a lot of people. I mean, there are people drive down from Northeast, everything else to fish that event. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, it's a popular destination. That's for sure. Um, right. So let's kind of, let's kind of jump backwards for a second um, to last year. As I said, in the, as I said, in the intro, you win mid Atlantic angler of the year. What was, what are some of the things you're going to take away from last season? I, I went really hard last season on um, fishing. I got a little bit of a um, work time cut. So I had a little more time to fish and I, I decided to, you know, just take advantage of it and just, go all out on it and uh and it, it got the amount of time on the water i was able to spend just increased my ability my abilities like uh, obscene amount and and every tournament i fished i my intensity was probably twice what it usually is and um and it all paid off it was great absolutely what do you think uh what do you think your favorite favorite memory from last season's season is going to end up being that's tough. I had some, <laughs> I think just, just competing against Jody queen was just, that's just epic. I mean, both of the, the good events where I finished really high, where I won the high rock and, um, where I did the, in the Smith mountain event, uh, both times I was like right there with Jody and we were, you know, we we're friends and, and, uh, so to battle him, knowing he's like one of the best in the country, it was just, it's just awesome and to, you know to, to beat him and win that title over him and, and stuff we were actually camping at smith mountain together so it was you know it was just a great time that was you know that's an experience i don't think i'll uh i'll forget anytime soon absolutely absolutely with the uh what's funny with that high rock event um that you ended up winning um I was so, I was so close to getting that from you too, but I, you know, <laughs> me being a, me being a rookie, let three of the winning fish just flop right off the board and straight back into the water. So, so really you're welcome. I mean, <laughs> you're welcome. Nice. <laughs> I caught five fish that day. And there was oh, five really? in the board. Yeah. There yeah. were five of the right ones for sure. Yeah. I had some, some good fishing um, practice and, um, yeah, they were, they were pretty much there. They just positioned a little differently and I had to, you know, kind of figure out how to get them. So, but uh, yeah, the bite was tough for sure. It was, it was. Well, where, which, were you at Randleman? I don't remember. Day two, I went to Randleman. I, when I practiced them, um, I practiced Randleman and I practiced High Rock and I had good practice at both. Mm -hmm. uh, and after only getting five at high rock, I was like, man, maybe I'll take a chance and go to Randleman and see if I can get five there. And, um, 
I got a 19 and a half right off the bat in the morning. And then uh, I had the problem you had where I had fish popping off the rest of the day. So it was, it was tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On, on that Sunday, I remember I started the day catching them pretty good. And then that, then that weird kind of front came through. Mm-hmm. And after that point, I, I couldn't get, I couldn't get back on it at that, at that particular event. Right. Right. Yeah. I was getting hits. They just wouldn't eat the bait. Right. Yeah. I'd set the hook and they just kind of, you know, flip a little bit and spit it out. And that was it. Mm-hmm. Well, as far as the, as far as the 2020 season, how do you, how much do you feel like you have the momentum from last year? Obviously, day one of the Kissimmee chain um, was tough <laughs> on you, but do you feel you've got some momentum now heading into the rest of 2021, you know, from that, from winning that angler of the year title? Um, I don't know if it's momentum as much as confidence, uh, which confidence in a couple of things. One is just how hard I was fishing. I mean, I, I didn't spend too much time not casting last year. I mean, it was just, like cast, 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 cast. It was always a bait in the water. Uh, always putting it in the right spots too. It wasn't wasting time. Um, and now I got a lot of confidence in that, the way I was fishing and, the, and taking that into 2021 and in the beginning of 2021. It's, I think it's going to help me quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So I got a lot of confidence this year that wherever I go, I think I could do pretty well. Well, you say that, is there something that, is there something that you learned with all of that? Obviously nothing beats time on the water, but is there something you learned, something you picked up during all that time on the water that really, that really made the difference? Um, I think it's just the amount of keeping the intensity up because it's easy to get bummed out if you're not catching anything and you slow down and you start fidgeting and questioning yourself and changing baits a thousand times. And, uh, a lot of times it's just a matter of just keep going and just, just keep at it and not to, not to change too much. Cause you can change and get away. You know, the, the fish bite a few times a day. Usually they usually don't bite all day long. So uh, if you're in the right spot, doing the right thing, if you stick with it, you'll probably end up getting them. Mm-hmm. So For sure. that's, that's kind of what worked out last year. I didn't really give up on the spots I was fishing. And at the same time, I didn't, I didn't spend too much, I didn't waste too much time doing that either. So it was kind of a, a mix. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know. Yeah, I think a lot of, I think a lot of, a lot of guys get caught up in the, if something's not working in one area, you got to pick up everything and change and sort of, you know, when you hear pros talk, you, that's, you got to fish fast, you got to fish fast. And, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes it's just, particularly in a kayak, that's just not the case, you guess, kind of, and got to kind of sit down sometimes and, and let things come to you. Right. And you got to pick the area apart. I mean, the, if they were there a couple of days prior, they're still there. Um, you might not be exactly at, you know, a foot and a half deep on, uh, on rocks anymore. Like they were two days prior, but maybe they moved out to five feet. So sometimes it's just a matter of adjusting and then trying to just dial in exactly what the fish are doing that day. Cause they're going to change all the time. So you just need to adjust. Um, like on the high rock event, I knew, I knew the where they were and what the, about what they were doing. They just kind of moved out and were suspended at the end of things, whether it was a dock or, um, lay downs or whatever. So once I found out where they positioned themselves, I just, you know, targeted that and was able to get the five fish. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you know, there's no need to generally, there's no need to, you know, go over the whole lake, try to cover everything. And there's, they're going to, they're somewhere where they, where you think they're going to be. So just got to figure it out. For sure. Yeah. That's just, that's just the way, definitely the way fishing is. You got to see either you cat. it's it simply comes down to, you're going to catch them or you're not sometimes, you know? Right. So. Right. Um, what's that? I learned from the other guys too. Is I mean, you look, you fish with Jody and them. Um, you learn a lot quick too. They they dial things in like the color of the bait. When you know they get a couple of fish, they don't just stop. They keep trying to dial it in and get get it perfect. Whether you know the exact lure, the exact color, everything, cadence. Uh, they don't just stop. As, oh, I caught a fish here. Uh, you got to put that extra little bit into it to dial it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those little those little details make all the difference in the world as, as when it comes to the high level the high level of competition. Yeah, for sure. Jody proves it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, was that would you consider your your angler of the year kind of your your greatest fishing accomplishment so far? What would you say that what that is? Yeah, yeah, I've never, I, I've always done fairly well, but I've never had the title, never earned a title. Uh, so that's my first title I actually earned. So um, for that, it's uh, one of the, one of the biggest deals. Um, I think the other one would probably be the, my first win, which was at Winnipesaukee in New Hampshire. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, that was out of a, my bass boat at the time, but. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So let's shift gears here a little bit to the to the start of the CK season. You've kind of stepped into a new role as tournament director, kind of the face of of these tournaments. What have been? Uh, how has that been going so far? And what are the couple of, of challenges you've you've come up against, um, if any? Well, it's been going fairly well, actually. Um, everything on time, I think I'm going to run into a challenge, like. You know, if I want to change something or do something different, the guys pretty much backed me up 100%, which has been cool. Uh, uh, the hardest part, I think, for me so far, though, has just been work has been crazy. So I haven't been able to do as much um, work hunting down sponsorships and stuff like I wanted to do. Uh, we did pretty good anyway. We, you know, we got a pretty good set of sponsors. So uh, I'm happy with that for sure, especially with the, this COVID season. Right. Yeah. The COVID continuing has probably been the most challenging part. I would, no, I would sure. guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So with that said, uh, you know, 2019 and incredibly or 2020, I'm sorry, and a pretty incredibly challenging year for, for all tournament organizations across the board. Um, you know, seeing, seeing what CK went through, what are some of the things you hope are going to, improve in 2021 uh i think the biggest thing we we kind of missed last year was getting our membership drive going uh, so that's why we kind of been starting that the last uh couple of weeks kind of pushed that early um, because of covid we kind of held back and said oh we'll wait we'll wait we'll wait and then um it got to be too late so we didn't get, have a lot of membership uh funds coming in last year which hurt us a little bit but this year we're, you know, we're pretty solid on exactly what we're going to do uh, as far as dealing with COVID. We're, you know, most likely we're going to do top 10 uh, guys at the ramp at the minimum. 
um, if it's allowed, hopefully still. And then hopefully we'll get, you know, this stuff will start going away and we'll be able to do more, have everybody show up and uh, get it back more, a little bit more than the way it used to be, which was, which was a lot more fun. Absolutely. Well, um, with that, with that uh, membership, um, I was looking, looking through the website today and there's a couple of, there's a, there's kind of a change in kind of the angler of the year uh, tournament of champions. Uh, talk about some of those changes with, uh, with the uh, tournament of champions. This year, normally what we were doing was taking uh, the top 20 in points plus all the winners from every tournament uh, would qualify for the tournament of champions, which gave us, you know, roughly around 25 or so guys that would fish the event. Um, this year we wanted to make it more, you know, more uh, champion focused. So we want to make sure that uh, narrowed it down to the top guys. So we have, if you look at the, the chart we have up there, we pretty much want to take every winner of the tournaments. Uh, so that could be eight guys plus 10% of the, the top 10% in AOI points. Uh, and for this year, we're also the 2020 champ is automatically qualified. So Keith McGee will be in automatically. Um, and this year's rookie of the year will automatically be qualified for tournament champions. Okay. How many, uh, how many, how many uh, anglers have signed up for membership so far? I think we have uh, over 30 now. Oh, that's a great number so far. Yeah, yeah. We just kind of started pushing it. So we're up over 30 already. Hopefully, I want to get up over 50 and I'd be plenty happy. I'm not looking to, uh, you know, we're not trying to get you know, 600 people or anything. Right. Yeah. So that would be, if you got 600 people, that would be a quite an amazing, uh, <laughs> quite an amazing feat for a grassroots yeah, but, organization. <laughs> mm -hmm. For sure. But I just, I just want a decent amount of guys because all the tournament, all the membership fees, what we're doing this year too with that is that's 100% going to awards that we're going to do because we're going to do awards this year at every event. Um, actual plaques for everybody. Uh, not for everybody, for top three guys. Um, as well as all the rest of the money's going to the TOC. So, and with that, what we hope to do is, uh, well, we, I think pretty sure we can do it is everyone's going to get, if you score a fish at the tournament of champions, you're going to get a hundred bucks period. Very cool. Uh, Very we should cool. cover gas <laughs> right. for most guys to get down mm -hmm. to Santee. So, so that's one of the, you know, hopefully I can do more than that, but right now I'm thinking a hundred dollars per angler will probably be definitely attainable. That's a good deal right there. So, yeah. um, you know, when you were, when kind of things were, over the off season, um, uh, you all sent out a couple polls asking about uh, asking what the tournament of champions, uh, what the preferred setup for the tournament of champions was going to be, and kind of it got kind of settled on the two day event. Um, right. Are you are you are you excited to have that have a two day uh, tournament of champions and uh, and talk about how you you know. We talked about Santee being a great location at the beginning. Talk about how you've settled on uh, settled on that lake. Um, basically, like I said before, that the I didn't hear anybody putting tournaments down there, uh, national wise anyway. Um, 
So I was just like, we need to go. So, uh, and everyone said they wanted something. They didn't want a, a lake that we fished. So I took those two things and I did, and it just, Santee Cooper made sense. It's not that far away. It's only three, about three or four hours, depending on where you're at. Um, and it's a great lake. I watched the elites fish there this fall and it was, um, it was tough fishing, but they were, they got some great fish down there. So I just, I was, I'm just thinking that's going to be a, a real fun event and we're only going to have probably 20 guys or so down there. So, uh, I like the idea of two days. Cause if this, if this is about champions, which is what it's supposed to be, then you should be able to pull it off in a two day event. Mm-hmm. I agree with you there. So what are, uh, what are some of the other changes coming for CK in 2021? Um, it's not too many other things changing. We're trying, I'm trying not to change too much, uh, or we aren't. Because, uh, but one of the um, main things we did change was we were one of the first to do it. If, uh, if you saw my video that I posted up there, is we're catch only this year. Yes, yes. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So no more hog troughs, fish sticks, blah, 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 all these things. Because at the end of the day, the accuracy matters. Um, we don't have a deal with catch or anything. Um, this was just catches making the most accurate measuring boards that are out there. And that's what I want to use. Uh, I wanted to do this a couple of years ago, but I got a little bit of feed, you know, a little bit of flack about it. Um, but now that they got the cheaper board, we can get the plastic board, the carbonate for a little bit cheaper. Uh, I think this is the way to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, one other thing uh, that loosely connects to the catch board and measuring the fish is the uh, is the big bass of the year. Go into go into that a little bit. Oh yeah, Mister. Uh, yeah, the the Faircloth brothers put up a five hundred dollar bounty. Uh, well, not a bounty as much as this is an award at the end of the year. Whoever has the biggest bass of the year is going to get five hundred dollars from Faircloth chimney sweeps. Yeah, that's an awesome deal. Is that a is that for regular season events only? Um, the only the it'll be yeah just the the first eight, eight main regular events. Uh, our qualifiers for it. We'll give that award away at the Gate City Classic after that's over. So that'll be the last um, the last event that'll be a qualifier for that. So, okay, okay. And then what uh what do you have uh as far as um as far as your kind of your agreement with uh, on the water innovations? Yeah, Denny kind of dropped that on us when he, he works with catch as well. So when he saw us, saw us announce that we were going to uh, go catch only, he uh, he jumped in and said he's going to have a surprise for us this year. So uh, I finally drilled it out of him. And I had to go. I went down to his shop and we were chatting and I finally got it out of him. And what he's going to do is that some event, one of our events this season, uh, it won't be announced, but one of those events He's going to show up and he's going to uh, do a giveaway of one of his trailers, the attorney, I believe it's the attorney special. So, uh, you know, that's huge. He's, this is the third year in a row, Denny's uh, brought a trailer for us. So uh, 
this year, you know, I told him, I told him this year, we weren't even expecting to have anything that big, um, but he went and he's doing it anyway. So uh, hats off to him. He's, his, his products are awesome. Uh, he's working on some special stuff for me right now. And uh, I'm super excited to be able to have another trailer to give away for CKA. That's awesome. So it'll be, it'll be a random tournament then. So it, yeah, he's it, just going to show up at one of these events and uh, pick a name out of someone who's there and you're going to get a trailer. So basically everyone needs to show up to every event to exactly. ensure they've got a chance. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's pretty, that's a pretty cool, that's a pretty cool deal right there. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's awesome, man. It's, it's, it's super. So we've got, um, man, when did you actually release the schedule? It seems like, seems like yesterday and so long ago at the same time, but schedule, <laughs> schedules out, um, you know, couple of a couple of familiar tournaments um harris burlington bash gate city classic um which tournament are you kind of the most excited for this year on this schedule i think the east west english choice event i think that could be fun um what we're doing because usually in august we have a low turnout so we decided to mix it up this year and have an east first west kind of you know, pick your side of side that you want to be on. You can go to James Lake, um, or you can go over to Lake Mayo. So, um, if we get enough anglers in there, we'll we'll set them up as separate tournaments. If we don't, then we'll just make it one big tournament with the two different lakes. Um, I think that's going to be fun. I think that's going to be a good time. I went to Mayo, I think last September, to check it out. I'd never been there. Uh, it's a it's a nice lake. Never been to James. This one kind of kills me because I, you know, Mayo is about an hour away. James is like three, but I, I think I'd rather fish James. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I've, I've been wanting to go there. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be, I think it's going to be an interesting event. Absolutely. Yeah. That was the one I kind of, I kind of saw as, uh, as a pretty interesting one. Um, you know, just to, and you explained it, if you've get it, if you got enough, you'll split it into two events, but, uh, you know, uh, why, why those two lakes in particular, just for, just for new, new places to go for CKA? Yeah, we try to, they'll, uh, since I've joined, they always try to throw in something a little different, uh, try to go somewhere a little different. They haven't been to James in a long time. Um, and they haven't been to Mayo yet, as far as I know. So, uh, those two sounded like some good lakes to kind of throw in there and mix it up a little bit. Absolutely. And Baden, Baden is also on there. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a, I haven't been to, been to that lake yet, but that one, that one's pretty intriguing to me as far as the potential, the potential bags it could hold. Right. Right. And that one, I've tried to get it earlier in the year because I know the boat traffic there can be insane. Um, kind of a party lake so we, we got that in may i think that'll be a great time we were we fished that once before probably i don't know three or four years ago maybe four years ago i can't remember um you know it was, it was fun i liked the lake itself uh the bite was tough at that time but i think in may it's going to be it's going to be popping yeah i think you're i think you're right about that um, i think we got the i think we got the dates with the different lakes down pretty good i think they're gonna have a good chance of good fish all year long 
Yeah, Kerr Scott was the other one that that um, that I haven't been to yet, and I really don't know very much about that lake. That's yeah, a cool little lake. Um, we fish it a few times, but we always fish it in usually like June, I think, June, July. And where everyone I've talked to that fish that lake a lot, they say April, May is the is is the better deal, or even March actually. But um, so this time, I, I I really wanted to get that one up early. Uh, because that's that could be a really good lake. So if we get there and get there when the fishing's really good, I think everyone can have a good time catching fish. Mm -hmm, for sure, for sure. And you know the we're you know right around the corner from the beginning of the season at Sharon Harris, February twentieth. And the way things are looking right now, that's going to be a real a real wild card of a tournament. What are you sort of expecting from? this event and why did, uh, why schedule it in February? Um, I believe I initially had it in March and I had Burlington in April, but it was jammed up against Burlington was going to be jammed up against Easter, I think. So I ended up pushing it back a little bit. Um, and I knew it was risky with Harris, but Harris at the same time, I mean, it, it, if we get a warming trend, we're, we're good. If not, it's going to be tough for sure. Um, even when it's tough at Harris, you, you can get a giant. So I think it's worth fishing either way because it might be three fish win it. Um, but it's going to be three fish and you're going to have over 60 inches. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, right, right. <laughs> so it's uh, it could be a tough bite, but it could be wor worth the, the grind. You know, the time you put in there, it it can pay off and they're going to be, if we don't get a warming trend, we're going to be fishing in probably 20 feet deep or more. Um, if we get a good warming trend, we might get lucky and get some fish cruising up a little bit, not necessarily uptight, but it should be, you know, eight to 12 feet maybe. Mm -hmm. um, but if the way the weather's looking right now, I'd plan on fishing deep with probably some hard baits. Uh, they're feeding, they feed on Threadfin shad most of the winter. So you focus on that stuff, you'd probably be all right. Mm -hmm. This tournament uh, screams a Matt Dunn victory. He's going to be tough. He's going to be tough. And they'll be uh, same with Joey Sullivan. Um, there's a few guys that fish that area a lot. So um, they'll be, they'll be tough to tough to beat, I'm sure, but uh, they're beatable. I, you know, these guys, I know Joey struggled a bit this year over at Harris. Uh, I don't know how, I know Matt's had some good days, but I'm not sure how he's doing all around, but. Um, it's been kind of, a, it's been kind of an odd winter that way where it has, it's like one or two really good fish and nothing else. Right. Yeah. I get to spend some time with a guy who actually guides out there. And um, he said the beginning of December was super and then it just dropped off and it's been brutally tough so but these fish i mean all these female fish are starting to get full with eggs uh, they're starting to, they're gonna start chewing even if it's cold they're gonna start eating because they got spawning coming up so uh, yeah it seems like we're in the middle of winter but they're starving so it's they'll be there yeah that'll be a, it'll be a really interesting event for sure um you know it may not be an event where everyone catches them necessarily, but there will be, there, there's always giants caught at that lake. 
and right. this tournament i don't think this tournament will be an exception yeah this is the time of year i caught my pb over there um a lot of other people have done the same thing I mean, there's some big fish in there and right now they're you know they're probably a little lethargic but it's cold snap but if it weren't we get a little warming trend which i think we're going to get i'm hoping uh i think it's going to be going to be interesting for sure what are you what are you kind of most excited about for this ck season hmm i want to see who the new rookie of the year is going to be um one of the i have a lot of things I enjoy about fishing the, and the most I enjoy about it is teaching people and watching people learn and get better. Um, I spoke, I don't know how many people, you know, contact me that have just started fishing and kayak fishing, bass fishing, whatever. Uh, I probably tell them too much, especially there's a couple guys that I probably talk too much, but uh, I always enjoyed it. I enjoyed teaching my kids how to fish, watching them learn and grow. Uh, seeing them catch their their personal best so uh, you know watching the new guys come up and see who's going to be the who's going to take the title is going to be interesting for me absolutely yeah last year last year rookie, rookie of the year was was pretty interesting as well between between justin and uh and charles there right all right yeah, it was crazy so charles mm-hmm. You know, Charles had a heck of a year last year too, winning both Rookie of the Year and Angler of the Year. Um, I think I remember Hank saying that that hadn't been done before. No, we only had um, Rookie of the Year a couple of years at that point. But um, tell you what, Charles put in some time and he fished his butt off. Um, I don't know how many people know that, but I mean, he was spending a lot of time (laughs) and he was dissecting these lakes and and dialing it in for every tournament just about so um if anyone deserved to be to get both those titles i'd say it was him but what he did how how hard he worked at it Mm -hmm. i agree with that i remember we were we were all there were a couple of us staying at staying at lake hickory and Mm -hmm. sort of lamenting the fact that how tough it was right and you know, I think, I think Charles ended up having the best practice out of all of us and really showed it. He didn't win that tournament, but he, I think he ended up finishing fifth or something. And it was because he, you know, he, he had a lot of practice and put the time in to put the time in to put something together on a pretty, on a pretty tough fishery for a lot of guys. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He put the time in, he, um, he didn't, he wasn't fishing like just lallygagging around. I mean, he was putting, he was going hard and, and uh, talking to people, learning things, figuring it out. And he, he ended up dialing it down and, and he had, he had it pretty good. He, he, he probably could have won that one. Uh, yeah. Probably should have won that one, but uh, yeah, that was, he definitely did a lot better than I did in practice. That's for sure. Yeah. Me as well. Me as well. I only managed to catch one fish that tournament. I was actually kind of, kind of fishing in the same general area as him so he had something figured out that i didn't for sure <laughs> yeah he did he had something dialed i was struggling that's for sure mm-hmm. i got I think i was getting caught on trying to force the fish to do what i wanted them to do instead of the other way around yeah I, that was the same with me so yeah. we'll see if uh, we'll see if anybody can uh can we'll see how if he has as good of a season and if anybody can uh anybody can knock him off 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think uh, I think he's going to be fishing just as hard as he did last year. So uh, if you want that angle of the year title, you're going to have to work for it. Mm -hmm. No doubt. No doubt. We did, we did also change the rookie of the year a little bit. Uh, I almost forgot about that. But we changed it to three events versus five. Um, Zangle here used to be five events, or your top six events, sorry. And uh, it was the same with the rookie of the year. But this year we went with five events plus the Gate City Classic for Angle of the Year. And then it'll be three events plus the Gate City Classic for Rookie of the Year. Okay. I'm glad you brought that up. So um, with the with the angler of the year, um, are angler of the year contenders required to fish that Gate City Classic then? Yes. Okay. Yes, you have to fish it. Um, well, you don't have to fish. If you get enough points, you can win with five tournaments and you don't need the Gate City Classic, then you're good. I don't know if you can pull that off, but um, your sixth event has to be the Gate City Classic, so. Okay, okay. Yeah, I wanted to. I was reading through that as well, and wanted to make sure we 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 clarified that during this uh, during this podcast. Yeah, that's that's um you know gate uh, get outdoors promotes uh, promotes us, and we promote them quite a bit, and they and they're the big sponsor of Rookie of the Year and Angler of the Year, so uh, they put up the the bonus money for that. Uh, as well as they're supporting the, the Gate City Classic as a regular uh, sponsor as well. So um, I think it's kind of fitting that, you know, you need to fish that event and you need to uh, be there for the awards as well. So, so you know, that's the reason why we changed that up a little bit. Okay. All right. Well, speaking of promotion, is there, is there anyone you want to shout out real quick before we, before we close out here? Um, just uh the guys who are supporting the, the companies supporting TKA, um, Get Outdoors, Fair Cloth Chimney Sweeps, Greensboro Gardens, uh, Solar Bat, Yak Attack, Carver Covers, um, which yeah, it's Texas Two Step on the Water Innovations and Bending Branches. They've all stepped up a lot, and uh, it's going to be an exciting year, I think, with those guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. Last year was my first year really kayak tournament fishing. I'm glad I, I, I fished CK for that. Um, for me, uh, you know, the tournaments were, they were a lot of fun. I really appreciate all the, all the guidance you and, uh, and Hank were able to, to guide me throughout the, throughout the season. And, uh, I'm excited to be, uh, excited to be fishing with you all again in, in year two. So, um, I appreciate you, uh, I appreciate you taking the time to do this podcast, man, and good luck with uh, good luck with the uh, rest of your season. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you for doing the podcast. And you know, I've been watching uh, or listening to the podcast, and uh, I think the favorite part is at the end where you uh, deal with your your best catch there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy yeah, doing that. So I think she I think she enjoys it more than I do. Probably, probably sounds like she sounds like a great sport. So it's uh, uh, if you, if anyone's listening and you haven't heard the end of the podcast yet, you need to listen to the end of the podcast. So. Absolutely, make sure you make it to the end. It'll 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 give you a giggle at the at, if nothing else for sure. Exactly, exactly. All right, Eric. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate you doing this. All right, thanks, Chris.
Welcome to this week's edition of My Best Catch, where I ask my wife, Allie, a simple fishing question that she will likely get incorrect. Allie, you're starting to turn into a real star on this podcast. Are you going to start charging appearance fees? No, um, I don't do it for the fame and the fortune. Um, just here to have a good time. Well, good, because if you started charging appearance fees, you'd no longer be on the show. Because I can't afford, I can't afford to pay you. Rude. Anyway, on to this week's question. Allie, why would you throw a spinnerbait? Why would you throw a spinnerbait? Well, I guess, let me ask you, why not throw a spinnerbait? That's really a great question. It was my favorite favorite bait as a kid, and I always threw it, no matter the situation. Um, that was more of a rhetorical question. I didn't actually want you to answer it, but thank you for your contribution. Um, you would throw a spinnerbait. Um, it, it makes it makes the fish dizzy. So when you want the fish to be disoriented and confused, um, throw a spinnerbait, and it'll help you catch it because it'll be more vulnerable then. That's all for this week's edition of My Best Catch. Tune in next week for another question. Allison, thank you very much. You're welcome. That'll be $15. Thanks again to Eric Nelson for joining me on the show this week to discuss the upcoming CKA season. The weather isn't shaping up great for the first tournament on Sharon Harris February the 20th. But it always takes a big bag to win there, regardless of the weather. And I just hope I'm one of the anglers that stumbles upon a couple of Shear and Harris Giants. I'll also be keeping an eye on the Queen City Tournament at Lake Norman this weekend. And as I said earlier in the podcast, I'm hoping to have the winner of that event on next week to discuss how they, are, how they were able to win. Thanks again for listening to the show. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and post your feedback on the Facebook page as well. That will help me improve the show in the future, as well as let me know what you all uh, what you all enjoy about the podcast. Thanks again to Carolina Waters and Carolina Palsport Outfitters for their support of the show. And until next time, this has been the Carolina Kayak Lunker Hunters Podcast. Mm-hmm.